One, two. Hey, there we are. Praise the Lord. Good to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. That was pretty puny. Good to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, my wife and I are back from our holiday uh, celebrating 30 years of marriage. And uh, it's great to be home. I can tell you, no matter where we were in our hearts, we kept thinking there's no place like home. However, we weren't ready to click the heels of our ruby slippers and get here. Uh, we are now back, and it's great to be here. And uh, it was great to have our kids join us for a portion of the trip. And uh, we're just thrilled, refreshed, and ready to do what God has in store and to be a part of what God has for us as a fellowship. Can I get a hearty amen? Amen. Well, before I introduce who's going to be sharing from the Word of God this morning, and I'm very, very excited about what's in store for us today, uh, just a couple of quick announcements, two to be specific. First of all, uh, today, immediately following service, immediately following, we are kind of gathering up our goodies, and as many as want to join for the Afterglow, we want to encourage you to come and be a part. We're going down to Milwaukee Covenant Church, where there's about six or eight other churches that are gathering together, and we're just going to have a big barbecue down there. It's burgers, dogs, chips, uh, drink of some kind, and some brownies, and it's just going to be a great time of fellowship. There's bounce house type stuff, an obstacle course, maybe a slide. There's games. There's games for the adults, like sitting in your chair under a canopy. It's a great game. We call it Sit and Watch. It's uh, really, really fun. Uh, so we really want to encourage you to come out and have some great fellowship. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I had a second announcement, and I can't think of what it was now. Let's see. Hmm. Yep, that's all. Oh, well, it, was, it, it had to do with the 90-day reading uh, the summer challenge. I want to just encourage you in your time going through the Word of God that you would continue to study in, through the New Testament scriptures. So all those things being said, today we have two brothers in the Lord who are sharing from God's Word. These two guys I get to rub elbows with uh, literally every day of the week, and they are on fire for Jesus. I mean, these guys, if you spend any amount of time with them, they're just, they're, they're like giant sponges ready to soak up all that God has for them. And here's the beauty. So many of you have had the opportunity to invest in them. And they study God's word diligently. I've not, I mean, I've been around young guys who are passionate about the kingdom of God. I've, I've raised several in my own home. These guys are hungry for more of God's word. Hungry, hungry, hungry. And they've been in the face of our Father asking about the word of the Lord for us today as a fellowship. And the Lord has given them a message for us out of Genesis chapter 40. And so familiar faces to you, those who serve us every day of the week, will you give a warm welcome as first off Josh Miller is going to come to share and then immediately following Daniel Sherrill is going to come and share from the word of God. So give a warm hillside welcome as our brother Josh comes to deliver the word of the Lord. Mic check, one, two, one, two, is this thing on? I think it's on. 
This is probably the coolest thing of my life is wearing this because, like, all pastors wear this thing, right? You know, this is what we do. We wear these cool mics that you can barely see. Um, guys, I am, I am just absolutely excited, and I can't even tell you how blessed I am. This is like a dream come true for me uh, just to be able to be up here and share with you guys. And uh, I was just, I'm not going to lie, I got a little emotional in the front row because I just started to think, um, the people in this room, and I'm so blessed my parents are over there, and uh, just that they get, got to hear, be here to see me speak for the first time. And um, the people in this room have honestly changed my life in this past two years. And I, I mean, special shout out to my parents. You know, I, I was a bonehead going to this church, but uh, they dealt with me as a bonehead at 16 years old. So pray for my parents. Uh, they need it. But, um, man, I just, the people that, the faith in this room, you would not believe. I, I, like I said, I get to rub uh, like Dave said, I get to rub elbows with the, the leadership of this, uh, this, uh, this, this awesome church. And I just see the work of God in you guys. And just let you know, like, we see these things. We pray for you. But not only that, we get to see love in action in this church. And so I just, from, from me, and I'm sure from the rest of the interns, I, I'm blessed. And maybe if you're new here, you, you, you're just, this is maybe your first Sunday. Or maybe you're just trying to feel out Hillside. You know what? It was a little awkward for me in the beginning. And guess what? If you just keep coming, God just transforms me. I wouldn't even raise my hands in worship, but now I'm like, woo, praise the Lord. You know, I'm dancing in the spirit now, baby. But um, keep coming, keep coming. And hey, guess what? If you don't like my sermon, guess what? Dave's back next week. And, you know, it's just like, you, you hate me, then I'm gone. I'm not going to be there anymore. You know, I'll just do the coffee and uh, call it good. But hey, turn to Genesis chapter 40. How many of you have been, I'm, I've been super blessed to go through Genesis. Uh, it's, it's strengthened my faith. I was just telling Dave, man, man, we went through Revelation when I first got here. That just like blew my mind with all the, the God, created the, the Jesus kingdom coming and everything. But now I just get to see the origins of the earth and the way God designed us and the way that God has orchestrated his perfect plan even in the beginning, even in the beginning, even at the, the fall of Adam, we have Messiah prophesied to us. That is just mind-blowing to me thousands of years of history within just this book, and I just think it's amazing. Um, but I'm here to give you the Word of God, and um, this is kind of a new style for me, but um, I'm going to go verse by verse through chapter 40. I was given 20 minutes. Um, I'm going to try my best to do 25, all right? Can we cool, pray for me? Pray for me to get through this as swiftly as I can. So we're going to pick it up. I want to title, title this sermon, In and Out, Leading in today's world, leading in today's world, in and out, leading in today's world. Uh, the reason why I say leading, I was trying to find a word, what, what would fit for this sermon? And maybe you're thinking, oh, Josh, I'm not much of a leader. I'm kind of just a follower. You know, I'd rather just stay in the chairs or, I, I'm, you know, I'm just a worker. There's a guy over me. Uh, I'd like to say, as a Christ follower, you are now a leader. You are now a representative. You are a re representative of the kingdom of God. God calls us his ambassadors. We are in a leadership position. We stand firm against the schemes of the enemy and the deceitfulness of this world. And so I want to challenge us this morning because in and out, uh, Joseph lived this out. Joseph lived this out. And I, I just want to pull some principles here and, some, and let the word of God just speak to our lives. Before anything, I'd like to pray for us this uh, this morning. Uh, God, thank you just so much for the opportunity, God, God, that we just get to come around your word. Thank you just for the worship, God. Thank you that uh, it's priming the pump, God, for what you have for us this morning. And you just want to transform our lives. God, you want to meet us in this place. God, I just pray uh, for those maybe who are maybe heavy laden and, and maybe just trying to get through the week. And God, I just pray that today is just a, 
They just get to take a deep breath, God, and they get to meet with you. They get to love, uh, receive the love of the saints, God, and they just get to experience your presence, God. There is nothing in the world like your presence, God, and we just want to be transformed by your presence. We want to be transformed by the very words of your book, God, and I just pray, God, that, uh, that, that none of this, none of this is sermonizing, that none of this is good speech, God, I pray that this is nothing but the word of God for the next 20 minutes, God, that you would transform our lives in the next 20 minutes, God, we just thank you, thank you for the sun, God, thank you for uh, hamburgers and hot dogs and brownies, oh, Lord, brownies, God, we love you, uh, God, we love you, bless this experience for us, and in Jesus' name, amen. Genesis chapter 40, sometime, or first off, Joseph, Joseph, if you, you haven't been with us for a while, uh, Joseph is just now, he, he, uh, he was with his brothers, uh, he shared some certain dreams that he was going to be exalted above even his parents, and this is like Jacob, this is like the God of Jacob, you know, when, he got, when people refer to the God, sometimes they call him the God of Jacob, and guess what? God gives him a vision, God gives him a dream that even his parents will be bowing down before him. And guess what? That's not a super hit around his family. Can you, can you say that? Like, like, can you see it? It's like, it's, that's not going to be cool. If I told Dave, like, hey, man, you're going to be bowing down before me in like two weeks. We're going to have some time with the Lord later this week. You know what I mean? <laughs> we rub elbows every day and we're going to be praying for my salvation. No, no, I'm kidding. But, but he's in this position. And so, so what, did the, what did the brothers, of course, there's, there's dissension. He's not the oldest brother. He is not He's not the, the, the head honcho, but guess what? Uh, Judah and some of the other brothers, they kind of conspire, and they, 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 what do they do? They, they fake his death. He gets thrown into slavery. He gets hauled off to Egypt, and then he gets put into the house of the captain of the guard. He is a slave in the house of the captain of the guard, but the Lord was with him, and the Lord, and Matt gave an awesome servant on how he was just industrious, and he owned his position, and he saw his this opportunity to give it his all. He honored the Lord in all his ways, and he lived a life of integrity. Can I say this? We want to live a life of integrity. Can you say amen? So this is where we're picking up. And also, after that, in Egypt, when he's spending time with the captain of the guard, uh, his wife, his wife's like, ooh, this guy looks good. And then she just straight up tries to sleep with the dude, all right? But this is, this is how awesome Joseph was. Joseph said, no, I will not sin against the guy that put me in this position, and I will not sin before Almighty God. He honored the Lord in all his ways, and it even took, it even took for a sticky situation. He was, uh, he was literally grabbed by the robe by Potiphar. This is where, this is where it kind of became the climax. Uh, Potiphar's wife literally grabbed him. He was run, ran out naked. You know what? I think that's amazing. You know, it's kind of a weird scene, but I think it's amazing <laughs> That even in the midst, he had every opportunity. He was alone with this lady, and he still ran. The Bible says flee from sin. Flee wickedness. We want to turn our back to sin and haul it, even if we're butt naked. Amen? <laughs> um, but this is where we're at. And so what happens? What happens even after that? Potiphar, Potiphar's wife comes to him and, and, and sets up against him. He's... He's falsely accused for this. She says he tried to essentially, and this is the new uh, Living Josh translation, he tried, he tried to sleep with me. He tried to rape me. He tried to sexually assault me. See, I have his robe. He unclothed. That's, we know that's not true. And I want to say this. This offense would have gotten Joseph killed. This offense would have gotten Joseph lopped off 
in a heartbeat. But what happens? Is it the grace of God or was it his integrity? Was it his character that spoke louder? So I want, this is where we're picking up. He's now thrown into prison. He's now thrown into uh, oh, even worse circumstance. Not only was he once a slave, but now he's thrown into the valley. He's going to be thrown into the valley. And so this is where we're picking up in Genesis 40. It says, sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against the Lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. So what we have here now is the scene changes. Some time has passed, and uh, I didn't note this, but Joseph is now put over everyone in the prison. Talk about a guy who's industrious, a guy who's like, even though I'm in the valley, I'm going to give my 100%. I'm going to be so above reproach, and the Lord was with him. The Bible says the Lord was with him. The Lord blessed him. And I want to say this, no matter what, where you're at, there's an opportunity for you to bless someone. There's an opportunity for you to rise up and become greater. This is not, your valley was meant to, I love Jill's message, it's prophetic, it truly is. Where you think you're getting cursed, God has a blessing for you right there in the middle of the valley. God has a reason. He wants to give you the most, even if you're down in the dirt. Maybe funds are tight. Maybe finances are tight. God wants to reveal his glory to you. So it picks up. What we have here is we have a, a baker. Somebody say gluten. Not Stephanie Reed, though. She's gluten-free. Sorry, Steph. I love you. Um, don't you say brownies? I'm sorry. Like, I'm really excited about the brownies. I think Lisa, Lisa's cooking the brownies. I'm so excited. But... Um, we have a baker, and the baker's obviously in charge of what? He's baking the baked goods, man. He's, he's baking the poppy seed muffins for Pharaoh, you know, because they had poppy seed muffins back in the day. You didn't know this? Um, but we also have a cupbearer. The cupbearer, in other translations, has been noted as a butler. The cupbearer's job, he's in charge of Pharaoh's wine. When the Pharaoh wants something to drink, he's going to take a sip of it first to make sure it's not poisoned, and then he's going to give it to Pharaoh. He's in charge. He's, he's the guy. He's the cupbearer. He wants to make sure that is his job, that is his, his assigned duty. But what we have here is these two men, they have committed an offense against Pharaoh. We don't know what that offense is. There's a lot of speculation on what it could be. There's a lot of great evidence. Uh, I've heard once that there was possibly in a, uh, an attempt to, um, to, to, uh, take Pharaoh's life, poison his food, you know, and there's a lot of reasonable doubt. And so since they have no idea whether it be the baker or the cupbearer, send them both in jail. But I like to say this, sometimes we shouldn't dwell on what's not in the Bible. The Bible is complete. It is true. And the one the Bible is silent on something, maybe we should be too. Amen? So what we have here is all we know is that these two men, these two men are being thrown into jail. And this is what I love the most. He put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. These guys, this is, this is the whole point of the ser this sermon, all right? In and out. I'm going to give these two, different uh, these two different points that happens at each point. This is our first in and out. God used this outside circumstance to fulfill his inside purpose. These guys think they were being punished. They thought they were being, whether they did it or not, nevertheless, they have committed offense before the Lord. They might, they might think that, man, I'm just going to be living my life and everything and just live the rest of my life in jail. I could get killed for this. My life is ended. But what was actually happening was God's sovereign and perfect design 
He wanted to show his glory even in the prison. They were not going to jail for a punishment. They were going to jail to meet Joseph, a faithful prophet of the word of God. It goes on. Oh, I want to say this. I thought this was amazing. Where was he put in custody? He was put in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. And this is what it says in the next verse. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them. What I think is amazing, who's the captain of the guard? It's Mr. Potiphar, isn't it? But what does this say about Potiphar? What does this say about his true feelings? I thought this guy, wouldn't you be pretty mad? If, if a man tried to get after your wife, he'd be dead meat in my neighborhood. I don't know about you. That is not cool with me. All right, grace of God and everything, but oh, man, I'll take you out to the barn. You know, can I say that? You know? But in all reality, this is, this is reasonable doubt. This is reasonable. Not only is he put in a place of leadership, the captain of the guard is still entrusting him with responsibility. Why? Because he had that inner character. He, this is my next in and out. He has inner character that gave him a good outer reputation. No matter what, no matter what persecution, his very wife, he can't even believe his wife because this man has lived so upright. He did not cut corners. He did not compromise when it would seem uh, uh, convenient. He did the inconvenient thing, and he decided to honor the Lord of heaven and earth with his life, with his life. Can we be that people? Can we be that people that even when it's convenient, even when the world, this is why I'm saying we need to be leaders in today's world because there is so much in this world. There are so many influences in this world that want to tell you this is what it is. This is what a man is supposed to look like. This is what a woman is supposed to look like. But, hey, the word of God says otherwise. Can, I, can somebody say amen? The kingdom of God is not the kingdom of this earth. We are sojourners. We are ambassadors. That means our country is not from here. We do not belong here. We belong in heaven. I want to live a life that looks upward, not looking right ahead of me. Even if I'm in the valley, everything, everything that's around me, everything, all the sin, maybe I'm in the prison and I see sin or I see broken people, guess what? I want to look up and I want to say, God, what do you have for me today? Somebody say amen. You and I, this is, this is, this is the fruit. This is the fruit. I think you don't see Joseph. This would be a cause, this would be reasonable cause for him to even question, to even question the, the, the will of God. God, like, why am I here? We don't get that in the scriptures. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that doubting is bad. Doubting is not a, a show of lack of faith. It's, it's real. It's something that we go through when we can't see God. But what do we get from Joseph? You know what I think? I, it doesn't say this, but I think the principle is all the same. His outward integrity led to an inward peace. His outward integrity led to an inward peace. If you consider, have you guys read the book of Daniel? It's amazing. He's a man that, that was brought from Israel. He was a prophet of the Lord. He was living in Babylon. And he was put, at this point in the portion of scripture, he is about to be put over all the kingdom by the king. That's how well this guy worked. Daniel's a lot like Joseph. But what, does, what happens, just like Joseph's brothers, his colleagues, those around him, they get jealous, don't they? And they say, what can we find against this guy? We got to ding this guy for something. And guess what? They come up empty-handed. Can we be a people that are blameless in this world? When you're at your job, 
and you know there's a rule, and you see that corner, and you're like, maybe I could cut this. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know, I always think it's interesting because I've been in management. I, I served at a, uh, at a retirement home as a shift lead, and we would write people up. You know, you write people up if, if in the event that uh, we want to fire this person. We have hard evidence. Don't get written up. Don't even give it the idea. Don't even entertain the thought. There's a rule. You're going to walk that line. If the word of God says something to you, walk that line. Do not stray from it. Do not go to the left or go to the right. You will go forward. Go forward. We are a forward-moving people. Amen? You want to see the exact opposite of this? I think Mr. Potiphar can show us a little lesson about what the exact opposite of what this looks like. What happened to him? Potiphar, I can only imagine the scene. His wife comes to him with the robe. He's in the face of all of his servants and all of his slaves and possibly some colleagues, his peers. And what does he see? Does he look around? He, if he didn't believe his wife right there in the moment, he did, what happened? What influenced him to do this? He maybe looked around. He's like, man, and all the eyes were on him. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, Potiphar could have been, man, I don't want to look like a chump. I got to be a man. I, I got I to at least do something. Well, what does he do? He, under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, he just throws him in jail. He should have put this guy to death. But by the power and the grace of God and, and, and Joseph's integrity, God spared him. But guess what? This is what, this is what Potiphar compromised. He compromised that inner character to try and protect his worldly outer reputation. Like I said, our kingdom is not of this place. We're going to be a little weird. Maybe you showed up to church this morning, you're like, these guys are weird. You know, you have no idea what's going on. Like, well, they're raising hands, they're singing these songs. But guess what? We're, we're not, I, I'm, gonna, I'm expected to look, oh, people are going to look weird at me. And not because I look weird, but, um, but because I live a different way. I am not, I am not going to live my life facing downstream, going with the flow of life. I'm going to turn my canoe around, and I'm willing every day of my life, die to myself daily, kill my reputation daily, and I want to row my boat upstream. I'm going to row my boat upstream. The Apostle Paul lived that out, man. Even when the Jews, the people that he did life with, the people that he was esteemed by, man, he was zealous for the Jews, man. And now he's preaching Jesus. He turned his canoe around. He turned his canoe around. He's like, I'm not going to, I got to do this. You, you get an awesome just picture of what he went through. He's been stoned by his brothers. But he's got to press on. He's got to press on. Can I encourage us? Maybe if you're feeling a little lax, maybe you're feeling a little hurt, it's getting a little difficult. Can I encourage you today? Press on. It's worth it. Press on. It's worth it because the kingdom of God is never going backwards. It's only going forward. Somebody say amen. Man, I'm, I'm just I'm flying through this. This is, what, this is what the Lord God put on my heart. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Guess what? You might not have all the answers. But if you just turn your face to God, you turn from your wicked ways like, God, I don't want to live like that anymore. 
you let the word of God transform your life, you say, God, I want to walk the line, I want to walk the line of faith, he will show you, he will help you, he will meet you on your journey. You may not have all the answers. Maybe you're just new in your faith. Maybe you haven't even spent a lot of time following Jesus. You're like, man, I want to make that decision. All right. Praise be to God. Now starts the grind. Now so God will meet you every, I guarantee you, I've only been really walking with the Lord two years, but he has met me every step of the way, every single moment where I feel like it's getting too hard. He's grabbed me by the arms and he's lifting me up by my boot and he push, we push forward. We push forward every single time where I feel like I'm going to give up. The Lord's saying, come on, come on. Maybe the Lord's saying to you today, come on, I'm over here, come on. I will meet you in the valley. I will meet you in that season. I will meet you right now. Right now. I want to challenge this church. We're going to have to unlearn some things if we're going to live for the kingdom of God. We're going to have to unlearn some things. These are things as a 21-year-old man, I have spent 19 years living for myself. I'm still unlearning some stuff. I'm still unlearning some stuff. Can I challenge us? Peter had to unlearn some things, didn't he? When God said, no, the gospel is also for the Gentiles, he had to relearn some things. God is not also, can we be a people that even though those really charismatic, gravitational people are in the room, that we find the person who's standing next to the wall by themselves and reach out and touch their life? Because God loves that person, the people that you have rejected, people that you, God's going to change your prejudices. God's going to, we have, I, I'm going to be honest, we are, if you don't think you have prejudices, all right, I'll pray for you, bro, because I know I do. I know when I walk into a room, there's perspectives that I have. There's th things that I have preconceived in my fleshly mind that I need to unlearn. I want God to rip the scales off my life, because guess what? Our prejudices are blind. You are blinded. We need the word of God to transform our outlooks and mindsets. Can we say amen? It goes on to verse 5. It says, And one night they both dreamed the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt who were confined in the prison, each his own dream and each dream with his own interpretation. God is setting up Joseph. He is setting up Joseph to minister to his brothers in need. I love this, uh, and even if you backtrack any a little bit, it says, Joseph, Joseph was to be with them, and he attended them. Other translation says, he served them. Be a servant leader. Jill, I love your testimony. I love it. Because even though you, you, you were there for a purpose, God has set you up to meet that lady and to minister her, minister to her. This is what I love about the kingdom of God. This is what, and here's what happens next. Here's what happened next. When Joseph came, Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. He saw that they, we just see the heart of Joseph. And what does he do? He speaks out. He reaches out. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your, why are your faces downcast today? I love this. I love this. We live in a, we live in a, um, we live in an interesting time, don't we? Speaking on the topic of the world, you know, the world wants to wants us to go downstream, but guess what? The river runs pretty fast, doesn't it? The world would like the life would like to push you in a certain direction, wouldn't it? 
We're always on the go. We're always on the go. We got to go do this. We got to do this for our job. We got to move, 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 move. This is not, not our existence. Uh, Dan and I, we just re recently went down the Sun River. We were driving back. And uh, if you hear Pastor Dave preach about going the speed limit enough, you start, it starts to convict you a little bit. So I go the speed limit when I drive, I, uh, most of the time, okay. Uh, there's moments of temptation. And then I snap back into 55 um, miles per hour. But so I'm driving on the highway, and I'm going 55 miles an hour. Man, I had everyone. Everyone was just passing me. Man, I was just like, God bless you, brother. <laughs> you know, we're listening to a sermon. You know, oh, Lord bless you, bro. You know what I mean? Because I'm that spiritual. But um, it's just so interesting. But if we take the time, if we take the time to just slow down, I think God wants to speak to us. He wants to reveal his glory. We were in eastern, eastern Oregon, man. Have you seen the mountains out there? Have you seen God's creation out there? It is humbling. It is like, wow. It is amazing. I believe God wants, to wants us to see his glory if we would just slow down and extend some time. That's what I love about Joseph. Could we be a people that walk slowly with our heads on a swivel? We don't have to get to where we're going immediately. We we're just so obsessed with schedules, aren't we? Man, I got to do this. I got to go to this meeting, I, I got to be there, I got to do this. But guess what, in your comings and goings of life, God has planned a person, a life for you to touch in the midst of your daily planned schedule. And he will interrupt that daily planned schedule. He did that for Joseph. What did Joseph do? He's a leader, man. He's got things to do. He's in charge of everyone. But what does he do? He sees people that are troubled and he extends his time to them and, and invites conversation. He says, why are you downcast? What's going on, man? I noticed that you're down today. What else, what does he do? This is what I love. This is what I love about Joseph. The world fuels an inward mindset. Me, 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 go, go, go. You got to take care of numero uno, okay? I got to get to my job. I got to get to this place. But the kingdom of God fuels the outward mindset. The inward mindset would like you to think that these people are just objects or they're stepping stones, or they're people to supervise. But the kingdom of God sees people as people whose feet you can wash. To bend over and say, hey, what can I do for you today? I'm gonna extend, I'm gonna carve out, I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna miss lunch today, because I just wanna hear about how your day's going. That Starbucks barista, whoever it may be, hey, I noticed you're a little down today. Hey, I believe in prayer. Can I pray for you? Can I extend myself? And this is what I love about Joseph. What happens in verse 8? They said to him, we have, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. God, he sees the work of God and he moves on it. This is what I love. What is Joseph known as? Joseph is called even by his brothers as the dreamer. He's the dreamer, man. He interprets the dreams. Oh, let's go. Put the, let's get rid of this dreamer. Did not God give him a gift? And did not God give us all gifts? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies has been given to us. You have a spiritual gift. I would, I would, Marshall talked about it last week. You have been, a, been given a gift. You've been given a passion. That gift was not meant to be buried in the ground or to give you a career and to pay your, pay your bills. It was meant to serve people. 
Joseph, the only time we get recorded in scripture where he's using his gift, it was for himself. But guess what he's doing? He's extending his gift to bless two brothers in need. Can we be that people? What is your gift? You like building things? Build houses to the glory of God. There's, there's a lot of homeless people out there. Why not build them a home? What does that look like? There's a ministry God is calling you today. Today. Can I encourage you and me? Move forward on it. Move forward. There's stuff that God's laid in your heart. You're like, man, it's not going to work out. Man, shoot, I've got things that I'm working on. And then I got to do sermon notes. <laughs> you know, like, this is nuts. God has me in different areas. But I got to make time. Because there's lives to be touched. There's people to be touched. There are people in your general in your vicinity even now, people that you probably would avoid. And God wants you to minister to them. Can we use our gifts for something more than ourselves? Can we extend our gifts to others? Can we serve our brothers and sisters? And this is what we have. I'm just going to blaze through the cupbearer's uh, message. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches. As soon as it uh, budded, its blossoms shot forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, this is its interpretation. This three branches are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift your head and restore you to your office, and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as, for, as formerly when you were his cupbearer. Only remember me when it is well with you, and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, and so get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. This is what I love. This is a sweet message, isn't it? It's a message. He had committed an offense, and God saw fit to extend grace. To extend grace. Man, this is a nice message. Man, he's being restored. He's being restored. Is that not our gospel? We were once broken in sin, but God has saw fit to put his son on a cross to die for the sins of the world. That he who knew no sin became sin that we may become the righteousness of God. To be in right relationship with God. To restore the relationship that Adam had broken. Isn't that great? This is the message of grace. And you know what I also love about this portion of scripture? Joseph is not dumb. He does not want to stay in the prison. Can I say this? If you are in a valley, do not pitch your tent in the valley. God wants you to move forward through the valley. You may go through the valley, but do not, do not pitch your tent and say, this is my lot in life and this is what, this is what it is. He did this to me and that's why I'm like this and I'm going to be like this. Do not, do not, do not question the grace of God, the power of God. Amen. It goes on, so this, this baker, he hears this message, and he says, when the chief ba baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, and he said to Joseph, um, he also, I also had a dream, and there were three cake baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket, there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head, and Joseph answered, and said, this is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. And in three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat the flesh from you. I don't know about you. I like the first message better. We, I'm not going to lie to you. That was not as 
not as uh, uh, awesome as the first one. Like, oh, man, lifting his head up. He's being restored. Wow, this is amazing. There was an offense made, but now there is grace being bestowed upon this cupbearer. But what happens to this baker? You're going to get your head lopped off and put on a tree. What? This is nuts. Okay? Um, this is what I like to think. The gospel, the message of the gospel also has the judgment of God. Not only do we have the grace of God, but something we need to embrace as Christ followers, this message comes with the judgment of God. What do I mean by that? Those who do not accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, there is hell and eternal damnation for them. That is the judgment of God. That is the only way to repay for sin. And what a, world, what, what a man Joseph is, man. He's the faithful servant. Can this be an awkward conversation? In three days, you're going to die. How do you deliver that with a straight face? But guess what? Joseph was a faithful prophet of the word of God. He received the interpretation just as how I have been charged. I've been charged by God to preach his word. That means the whole gospel. And just as we, just as Joseph has been charged with preaching the whole gospel, we are charged with preaching the whole gospel. People love amazing grace. Oh, man, amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That's why I'm not on worship. But we do not like the song, amazing retribution of God. We don't sing songs about that. But in essence, we need the judgment of God. This is why, this is why we need it. The judgment of God, if, if we had no judgment of God, it would just be all grace. And there's a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of Christians proclaiming the gospel. Oh, man, everyone can come in. God's going to bring everyone. That's not, I, when I read this book, I don't see that. I see the judgment. There's a righteous judgment. Without the righteous judgment of God, all would go to heaven. All right, Levi, give me your wallet. He'd say, what? And I'd say, well, I get to go to heaven either way. So I might as well just jack your wallet. Praise God. You know, we don't see that. Without the judgment of God, there is no righteousness. It nullifies God even being a righteous judge. All right, what's the flip side? We have no grace. We only have the judgment of God. Then we all just go to hell. That's the worst part about it. But guess what? What makes amazing grace so amazing is that there was a great chasm between us and God. And God, Jesus, was sent to bridge that gap. The judgment, there is a chasm. This sin was so wide. But God saw fit to send his son to bridge the gap between us and God. And now we get to walk into eternity with him. Somebody say amen. We are faithful messages, messengers. Even though it's hard to even preach the judgment of God, we have to understand it. We have to understand that there is a judgment of God. Man, that God is righteous and we need to walk according to that. Can I challenge us today? Could we not compromise the gospel? Can we not compromise its message and its truth? Because in it there is amazing love and there is amazing grace. Amen? All right, this is, this is my last point, I promise, uh, hopefully. Verse 20 says, On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief, chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. And he, but he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. But forgot him. 
How many times do we come here on a Sunday morning, we hear an awesome message, Dave Morris, uh, Pastor Matt Morris, they deliver a message, it touches our lives, but it doesn't get lived out, out there. This is my last in and out. What happens in here must go out there. What happens in here must go out there. The gospel wasn't supposed to stay at you. It's the great commission, not the great suggestion. We have been commissioned by Almighty God to spread the gospel to all people. That is what is working in us. That is what needs to happen. Can I challenge us? Could we not forget what we did? Has God touched your life? He's transformed my life. It's only been two years and he has transformed my life. It's changed my life. Can we be a people that carry that message? And, and what I love about this image, you know how Joseph, Joseph is the perfect image of Jesus. There's a lot of typology or pictures of Jesus and Joseph in the Bible. This is the correlation in this portion of scripture. What we have, remember Jesus at the cross? Jesus was hung with two thieves, two men who committed offense worthy of death. One received the message of grace and one received the message of judgment. Isn't that, that's not the, isn't that the picture? What does the thief say? He said, after mocking him, after making all the offenses, like, sir, just remember me when you go into your kingdom. He said, surely you will, you will be with me in paradise. And he receives eternal life with Jesus. You know what I love about this picture? And this is my last point. You see Jesus at the cross. He has two thieves on his left and his right. The one gets grace. The one receives judgment. But... Where is Jesus' hands? His hands aren't like this, is it? aren't they? He's not just sitting there on his high horse. He is not a religious leader. He is a God king who came to bring, the sal bring salvation to those who would receive it and even those who would accept damnation. His hands were reaching out to both ends. Can we be a people that reach out to both the, those who we may think receive the gospel of Jesus, but also those who we would expect to receive the judgment of God. So can I encourage us today? Can we live the in and out life to be a leader in today's world? Amen? Amen. And without further ado, I, I've probably gone way over time, but uh, it's my honor to uh, just introduce one of my best friends, uh, Dan Sherrill, a guy who's really impacted my life, and he's going to bring the word of the Lord to you today. So give it up for Mr. Dan Sherrill. All right. Love you, bro. Uh. Well, maybe I should have gone first, but uh, <laughs> just kidding. Josh, thank you uh, for your word and working in your gifting, man. And uh, so I just want to honor you, Josh. Well done. How many of you guys enjoyed Josh and what he had to say? Yeah? How many of you guys want to see him up here again? Yeah? Yeah. All right. The tribe has spoken, Pastor Dave. Uh, we need to get him on the schedule again. Um, I also would just like to take a, just a second to say thank you, church for uh, blessing me and investing into me and my life and Dave, Dennis, Matt, mom and dad, all the family and friends out here. Uh, I just wanna say I love you guys and of course my beautiful wife, Mackenzie Cheryl. Can you guys just give her a hand? She is wonderful, she loves me well and I do my best to love her back. Um, but today you guys, uh, let's just jump right back in. We are looking at Joseph in the story. We are looking at Joseph when he's in the midst of his valley. He's in the midst of his valley. And so today, I just want to talk briefly about when we're on top of the mountain and when we're down here in the valley. How many of you guys have been on the mountaintop? 
where you're just up there and you're shining. The mountaintop is a good place to be, but it is also a place where there's temptation, a place where you can forsake the God who set you on top of that mountain. There's the same temptation up there as you can have down here. It's whether or not we're gonna keep following God, keep seeking the Lord, we're on top of the mountain. And now what, what I wanna mostly talk about today is when we're in the valley, when we're in the valley. How many of you guys have been in the valley before? Yep, I think every single hand could go up. Um, just real quick, how many, how, many, how many people feel like they might be in a valley today? Yep, quite a few people. I'd raise my hand too if I was out in the crowd because me and my family were in a little bit of a valley right now. And, um, but I wanna just talk about a few points on how we can shine our brightest in the valley. In uh, Matthew chapter five, it talks about, uh, Jesus talking about how, you know, it's easy to love those who love you. It's easy to, uh, to greet your brother, but uh, it says, he says, don't even the Gentiles do that. And I'd like to say, don't even the Gentiles seem to shine when they're on the mountain. Don't even the Gentiles seem to shine when they're on the mountain. I had a buddy from college where he was just, it, if I didn't know him personally, I would have thought he was a follower of Christ because he, he just brought life into the room. But what separates us from the rest of the world, what separates us from the rest of the world is when we are shining bright when we're in the valley. Can I get an amen to that? Yeah. Amen, that's the absolute truth. And so um, for all you guys who are walking in the valley, this is a message mostly for you. And I believe the Lord has given me something good, even though Josh took up a majority of the time. Josh is totally cool, man. There's grace there. I love you no matter what, even if you take up the airtime. Uh, but, uh, but seriously, this, I feel like this is for you, but it's also for the entire body of Christ. I saw those hands that went up and uh, I'd be one of those, which I already said. And now, as I said, I believe we can shine our brightest in the valley. And number one reason is because God is there, because he is our hope. You know, everybody knows the Psalm. He is our God in the valley. He defends us. He is our rod and our staff. He brings us through. And it's amazing in uh, the Psalms, just talk about he's our defense. He's our shield. He's our brother when we're in need. He is the one that has taken us through the valley. Amen. Amen. And now the second one that I wanna talk about is, uh, and I just wanna talk about it briefly for the sake of time. Um, I'll go first next time. But, um, but seriously, this is uh, what I think the word of the Lord uh, is for you guys today that he's given me to tell you. Um, I think we shine the brightest when we're in the valley because we're all supposed to be there together. First Corinthians says, suffer with those who suffer. And I'd like to, if you are, uh, if you're in the valley, would you just raise your hand again? Many people in the valley. Does everybody see these hands right now? Everybody see the hands? I see them pretty clear. But if you look around, you see there are many hands of people that are in the valley as we speak right now. And the scripture says, consider your brother above yourself. Seek first your brother's good even before your own well-being. And now church, that's a call to us. For all these hands that went up today, for all the hands that went up today, we need to surround them. Um, we have Jesus when we're in the valley, but we should also have our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what the body of Christ is totally about, you know? 
imagine I, I just kind of had this vision from the Lord of uh, just this valley, you know, and then there's people walking on the mountains. We're kind of walking through this life together, and there's these people sojourning through the valley, and, uh, and things get hard. I guarantee Joseph had these times of temptation where doubt and fear and temptation to even just fold and give up, give up on God, give up on his calling. Um, and what also amazes me with Joseph is he didn't have brothers and sisters surrounding him. But you and me, we have the privilege to have our brothers and sisters in this room even, outside of this room even, to surround us when we're inside of the valley. And so what I, I just wanna call you very briefly, church, I wanna call you to step into the valley with your brothers and sisters. I can testify of that. I have many people in my life who've stepped into the valley that me and my family are in right now. And I think there's some people maybe in this church, those of you who raise your hands, that you need to know, that you need to know that you are not in this valley alone. Uh, if, if you guys would all just stand with me right now. If you guys would all just stand with me real quick. Um, this is the picture I received from the Lord, so I'm gonna deliver it. Um, if you're in the valley right now, and you're faced with the same temptations that Joseph was t uh, faced with, could you just step forward? Could you just come to the altar real quick? Just make your way forward, if that's you. If that's you going through the valley, just make your way forward real quick. I want everyone to get this picture and just let it just seal into your mind. If you're in the valley right now, make your way forward. Hallelujah, yep. The valley, it's a tough place to be. There's temptation, there's hurt, there's pain, there's worry, there's fear. And now everybody else, you know, whether you're still in the valley or you're out there, you still wanna step forward, that's fine. But look forward, you see people that are sojourning in the valley right now. And if you're on the mountaintop, I think, like I said earlier, the reason we shine brightest is when the, we're in the valley because we are in the valley together. I'm in the valley with other brothers and sisters. I know a young lady up here, she was going through some trouble and I wanted to step into the valley with her. Maybe you're not in the position to step into the valley because of your relationship with them. Maybe you feel that way, but that was what the body of Christ is all about. And so as we, if, we, if you're up on the mountain right now, or maybe you're walking on the ridge, can you just, can you come forward? Come forward, step into the valley right now. Step into the valley with your brothers and sisters here because this is the body of Christ. We're here to lift each other's heads up. We're here to encourage each other. We're here to inspire each other. Make your way forward if you feel comfortable. If you're not comfortable, that's totally fine. But this is what church is about. This is what the body of Christ is about. This is what family's about. And this is place is a place of family and a place of protection. Sometimes when I hear about Jesus and he says, my burdens are light, Part of the reason I believe that is because we're carrying the burdens together as one family, as one unit. And I believe that this, like look around, this right here, this picture, not just on Sunday as Josh said, but in every single day of your life, this is where we shine, church. This is where we shine. Amen. So let's stay here, not literally, but let's look around. For those of you that are here, you're not alone. You, look at all these people behind you. If you're behind these people who are in the valley, give them a hand clap. Come on. 
Give it up. Say you got this. Encouragement. You're making your way through the valley. We say we're walking through the valley. We are not standing in the valley. We are going to keep on moving and we're going to keep moving together because one, that's what the body of Christ is about. And two, because we serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who is going to take us through. He is the one who's going to lead the way. Hallelujah. All right, guys, that's what I got for you today, but let's pray. Let's pray. Let's, let's take this up to the heavenlies. Let's declare to the Lord that we are here together and he is our leader and he's going to take us through. And let's believe it by faith. Without faith, it means nothing. We come together right now in faith. Jesus, we come to you right now. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, God. We come before you right now and we ask, Lord, will you set a fire in everybody's hearts right now? God, the body of Christ together as one in unity, Lord. Lord, I pray that those in the valley will lift up their heads and they will work in their giftings because they play a role in the body of Christ and we cannot afford for them to, to fold and to go down and hurt and for them to cover up their lights. And that's what we are here for today. That is what we're here for today. Brothers and sisters surrounding each other, Lord, lifting up their heads, removing the cover off of the light, Lord, that they were created to be. Lord God, let this be a time where those hearts in the valley will understand that they are not alone. One, because you are here, Lord. And two, because we have each other's backs. Because we, if one suffers, we're all going to suffer together. If one is in a hole, we're going to jump in that hole with them. Lord God, we thank you for the body of Christ. Lord God, build this church up into a family, into a place of unity. God, every single day. And Lord God, on this uh, beautiful Sunday, Lord God, I ask that uh, we go and we fellowship with one another, but we take this outside of the church. God, take this outside of the church, encourage and inspire. Lord God, build up your body. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful time. We have the church barbecue directly after this, and uh, we will see you guys out there. If you need a flyer for an address or something, they should be in the back. All right. Hallelujah.